It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. You know, the discipline of budgeting is such a foundational skill in your financial life. But the issue is a lot of people skip over one of the earliest steps in the budgeting process. And it may be why their budget just doesn't seem to stick sometimes. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be giving you our budgeting secrets on today's episode of the Wise Money Show. Coming at a great time, your finances, your budget, your cash flow may feel... um, more out of control than ever over the past year simply because of all the inflation. So we're helping you with that right now. Hopefully at the uh, second half of the program, we're going to be hitting questions from fans of the show. If you have a question for us, we'd love to hear from you. Call text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then all over social media where most questions come from, you can find us there, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, that sort of stuff. Just search the Wise Money Show. All right, before we get into our budgeting secrets... Happy Wise Money Anniversary, guys. Happy Anniversary. So th- Happy Anniversary. This is the, okay, we established this before the show. This is the start of our eighth season. I can't believe the network has left us on that long. <laughs> there is no network. <laughs> uh, but you, Our affiliates. So, Kevin, you said the seventh anniversary. This is seven years. This is um, the Copper and Wool Anniversary. What a straight, whoever made this up. I think is the person that made up partridge in a pear tree. You know that. No, that's it was some copper miner that had sheep. <laughs> so okay, I, I have bags full of wool in my basement actually from Three having bags sheep. Full. <laughs> and we've been wondering what do we do with it. So I, it's coming to you guys. Well, no, I'll you, take the you copper. better do something with it before it goes bad. All right. Oh, so here, here's the thing, guys. Just let's recap. <laughs> Dad jokes aside, let's recap the 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 wise money sort of experiment and adventure that kicked off what seven eight years ago, right? Um, Why? And and why the focus on wise money? Well, we wanted, we we live here. So we wanted to live in the most financially literate community in the world. And we also um, knew that there, not everyone was going to walk through the front door at Corhorn Financial Group. We believe that people should work with a planner a financial planner. We believe if you're going to work with a financial planner, that planner should be certified and they should walk you through the exercise of addressing the six areas of financial planning. And so the financial planner's role is strategy. And then once the strategy is established, you can work on implementation. Now, now that approach, walking through all six areas of your financial life to then see how your financial decisions will impact all six, that is unique. And, and that's why that approach we wanted to communicate to folks that could benefit from that approach that may not ever come to see a certified financial planner or come to Corhorn Financial Group. This approach is countercultural. Mm-hmm. Yes. Culture says, go talk to an investment guy, go Talk to a tax person or do TurboTax. Hit the easy button and do auto enrollment in your 401k. Um, name your price tool. Uh, online, uh, youneedawill.com. And all these dis, 
integrated parts of your financial life are just checkboxes you need to go get done. Mm-hmm. But if you're ne- if if there isn't anyone that is getting their arms around all of them and seeing how they should correlate and coexist, how you should make decisions in one area that will benefit the other areas, then you're missing all sorts of opportunities. And and your decisions aren't going to be great decisions because it's really resource allocation decisions, unless you've got infinite resources. Most people are dealing with finite resources. So with finite resources, I need to be, my, my financial life needs to be decisionable, yeah. and I need, I need to be able to allocate the right resources to the right areas of my financial life. That's exactly right. And that's the whole reason for the name Wise Money, right? It, it is Surely. about, uh, if wise money is the money in the hands of a wise person, then this has hopefully been seven years of a show of helping you think about how you can be more wise in your financial life. And to, to me, wisdom, if, if there was a definition of wisdom, it's just the ability to choose what's best. And what you just said, Kevin, you know, not settling for good, but instead shooting for great. Uh, I, I think that this is pers- personally and collectively our biased opinion that uh, the, the best way to make great decisions in your financial life is in the context of a financial plan. Josh, you said a while back, also on an anniversary show, I think maybe our third or fourth anniversary you said you don't even need wisdom until you have a choice to make. You don't, need, and I that I don't know why, but that never dawned on me. I guess in my life I've been pursuing, um, you know, knowledge, and then figuring out when's the best time and place to apply it, which is mm-hmm. wisdom. You need intellect and 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 application at the right time. And but you don't even need it until you have a decision to make. That's right. And in our finances, you've got an infinite number of decisions, some small. Should you make that cup of coffee at home or stop at Starbucks on the way to work? Um, Two big decisions. What should you do with Medicare? Traditional Medicare, ABC or ABD in a supplement or go with Advantage Part C. So so some small, some big. And you've got to look at all of your options and then make a wise choice. You can't make a wise choice with tunnel vision. By just looking at one singular area of your financial life, you've got to look at all six areas to see, well, how will this choice impact those different areas? What are some of the decisions I've already made in those other areas that should influence my decision here? And that's how you're going to be able to make a wise or the best choice. That's right. But there are some transition points in life where you have never made decisions like this in the past. And so you don't have experience to draw upon. And, and that's exactly why we think it's important to be working with a certified financial planner, because that retirement transition, for example, you're going to do it one time in your life, but your certified financial planner may have done it dozens and dozens and dozens of times over, and they have experience and knowledge to draw upon that they can lend to you, and that, that looks like wisdom, right? The financial plan creates the context and helps bring some clarity to what your specific choice should be. But if you've, if you've been building knowledge and skill and everything, but you don't have experience in a new territory, so to speak, mm-hmm. a new stage in life, you can borrow that from other people who you know, have been spending their entire career uh, building up expertise and wisdom in this area. And, and that's the other part of wise money. And that is, Kevin talked about the strategy and then execution. The strategy is looking at all six areas and looking at your choices and finding the best choice. The execution then often involves 
that certified financial planner, but then other financial professionals as well, all executing on the same sheet of music and having your certified financial planner collaborating with your CPA, ideally in on the same team, right? I mean, Absolutely. that's ultimately what you want. Yes. And your insurance professionals and so on. I had a fan of the show reach out this, oh gosh, two months ago and said, hey, I wonder, this is a fan of the show, but also uh, a friend and, and, um, and someone that uses our services at KFG said, you guys should do a show on what makes KFG different. And, and this, this is really what it is. It's, it's comprehensive financial planning to reveal the best choice among a variety of choices. And then a team of collaborating professionals all working together, not with their own interest in mind, but with yours and one, one objective, one goal, helping to kind of execute that strategy. So that's what you need. We are passionate about that. You can yeah. you can tell. I thought this was going to be just a quick hey happy anniversary. No, we are <laughs> we are very passionate about this and have been blessed and are grateful for the opportunity to to share this idea and the this approach to you, whether that be on the radio or on the YouTube channel, on podcast, wherever you listen to it. Now, let's get into the secrets of budgeting. There is a step that I think many people miss when they're trying to budget, and it throws the entire budget off track and they don't get the traction that they need. We're going to help you with that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the secrets to budgeting, to budgeting successful? Most budgets don't work. Most people fail at budgeting. What are the secrets to success? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. With me in the KFC studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Go check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, subscribe or, or follow the show, and then do us a favor and rate the program on that podcasting platform as well. We appreciate that feedback. Also helps other folks who are looking for wise financial content find us as well. So thank you very much. All right, we're talking about talking about budgeting. Okay, now most people fail at budgeting, and I'm not going to say you know I would put a category. Yeah, some people start and then stop, sort of like diets. But there's also a significant number of people that budget wrong. And this is a huge gripe of mine. I can, you know, it grinds my gears, as Peter Griffin would say. Uh, here's, here's the thing. If you budget successfully, based on how the world would define it, all of your income is a, assigned to certain categories, and you succeed when you spend the right amount in those categories. Done. That is not a successful budget, in my opinion. How has that gotten you from where you are today to your financial goals that you're trying to achieve out there in the future? So I would argue just budgeting, that zero-sum game, if you start there, you're doing it wrong. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago at the offices of Corhorn Finance Group with our advisors. And Kevin, we were talking about a putting first things first. So, uh, one of our kind of mutual favorite thinkers of this generation, Stephen Covey, the the rock analogy. Share share what is that? What what is putting first things first? Well, when you think of putting first things first and I I go back Stephen Covey's book The 7 Habits of Highly Effective People, I read that a long time ago, and for me it was it was very helpful. And if you're listening to this budgeting thing and you're saying, hey, I've, I've got it all, then just sit back and relax and enjoy your coffee. 
if you're listening to this and saying, I'm my budget isn't working. And I can't tell you how many people I've talked to in my career who said, oh, I'm a huge Dave Ramsey fan. I've been to, you know, Wise Money, or, which I, it should be called. But I've been to Financial Peace a couple of times, read all his books. I listened to his radio show. And I'm like, awesome. How's your budget? And they're like, well, we, we have one. I'm like, well, do you use it? Well, no, but we, uh, we have one. And so this is the thing. When you see someone financially that seems to have their act together, think this. Private victories precede public victories. That's right. So when what we're talking about is putting first things first. That's one of the seven habits of highly effective people. And so Stephen Covey, and there's a you can search YouTube for this. There's a, a great video which will take you back to the probably the eight, late 80s, early 90s. It looked almost like Phil Donahue was, <laughs> was conducting the experiment. It wasn't. I don't think Phil was there. I'm going to go back even further and say Michael Douglas. <laughs> so um, it, it, you guys, that, that's probably before your time. So anyway, he's talking about this idea. You have a bucket, and you've got rocks, and then gravel, and then sand, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. And he... He talked about if you put first things first, you you can prioritize. So if you put the big priorities in the bucket first, the minutia fits in around it. But if you begin by filling the bucket with the minutia, the big rocks, the important things, don't fit in the jar. Yep. So the, the, the illustration is you have the sand. If the sand is already in the, the jar... And then you try, and, and the pebbles are as well. And then you try to stuff the rocks, and he's going through it, and it's like relationships and sharpening the saw and these important things that when you look back on your life, your you're health. Gonna, yeah, you're going to say, those were the important things. Mm-hmm. If you try and fit that stuff in, and the, the example is this, this woman, and she's just like cramming <laughs> it in, and they're laughing and everything, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. But if you start, if you start with the rocks, those priorities in the bucket first, and then you put the gravel, then you put the sand, it, it will all fit. Now, this applies to your life and your life choices. And I hope if you're listening, you're thinking of a relationship or you're thinking of your spiritual life or you're thinking of your health and thinking, I haven't been prioritizing those. I haven't been putting first things first. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, if that's gnawing at you, I, we would encourage you to take some action. Take some action. Take the right step right now. It's not too late. It also, though, applies to finances. And this is my gripe with budgeting as well. Most people start with how much do we spend at the grocery store? Mm -hmm. How much do we spend at the gas pump? How much do we spend here? What's our overall lifestyle? Now, that's important. But at the same time, so is the future financial you, the goals that you're pursuing. And we would argue this is is the epiphany. One of the other tips we're going to talk about secrets to budgeting is through bank account system. We're going to get there next. But if you don't do that at the same time you're defining your most important important financial goals, then you're budgeting wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we, we often talk about budgeting, or the other phrase we'll use is cash flow. You know, the, the analogy that money is always in motion. It doesn't just sit and rest at any place unless you force it to. And so when you receive money into your household, it's going to go somewhere. It's going to flow in some direction, and there's really four main directions that it can go. It can go towards giving. You know, it actually goes out of your hands and towards some cause that you care about. It can go towards investing, accumulating and building resources for the future. It can go towards debt payments, 
paying back some liabilities that you owed other people, or it can go towards spending, lifestyle, the, the things that you were talking about. And the order that you choose to direct money is going to determine your success in life and, and ultimately does this money do what you intend for it to do. What most people do, the default is I receive money, I start spending it, I make my debt payments, and maybe there's something left after doing all that that I'm going to try to save a little something. Yeah. And, and maybe giving just gets completely squeezed out. But the people who are most generous in, in this world that I've ever observed, they have the giving go first. And then maybe they invest next. Hopefully they've eliminated or squeezed down the amount of debt, and then they just live off what, what's left over. In fact, I go back to one of the earliest lessons you ever gave me, Kevin, early in my career. You know, your, your take on budgeting at that time was, listen, if you invest the right amount of dollars, invest first and live off what's left over, you're not going to run out of money. You know, you've, you've already put those big things in place first, the things that are your long-term priorities. You're setting aside money for the things that are going to last, ultimately. Yeah, I, I like the idea of live small, dream big. Because if you live small and dream big, you you will likely always be in a in a good in a good position. Isn't it interesting though? Because you're living, and you might be observing other people that are living big, and you think, well, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But mm-hmm. the their private victories preceded that, or mm-hmm. possibly they've got it out of order, and they shouldn't be yeah. an example for you either. And so it it also gets confusing when you look around at others and trying to emulate what what are they doing or try to uh, I don't know think through it. They must be doing something right. Well, maybe they're not, or maybe they did things right early on and now they're reaping some of those benefits. So the big idea of financially is live an intentional life intentionally. What do you want to pursue and and achieve financially? And some of it, yes, it's going to be balanced. Ultimately, I'll just give you the secret (laughs) to the back of the book. It's like the Jesus is the answer to everything. Okay. At the back of the book. Okay. Yeah. It's balanced, financial balance. If it's just, if you're saving up everything for tomorrow, that's not quite right. If you're living everything today, that's not quite right either. It's balanced. And so building in your budget, what are those long-term financial goals? What's it take to achieve them? And then do, does the lifestyle fit in? All the pebbles and sand, do they fit in around that where it's all in balance? And and then that's kind of where, where you tweak it from there. So I want to talk about, we have a unique KFG goal planning and achievement process. I want to share that with you. We've talked about it on the show before. And then that next tip of successful budgeting, that next secret, and that's the three bank account system. Both of these crucial for this day and age with high inflation and potential economic slowdown. So we're helping with that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. So much of financial planning is goal setting, goal achievement. Kevin, we were just talking about that before we we jump back on the air. We're going to help you. How, how do you do that? We're going to help you with that right now. And then how does that fit within your, your financial operating system, the three bank account system? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is also on the YouTube channel. Go check it out as well as a lot of other content. All throughout the work week, we've got Next Wise Step videos taking one financial concept, applying it directly to your financial life. So every episode and all that content and more at the YouTube channel, go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, and follow us. Uh, we appreciate it. All right. So 
in order to budget successfully, that budget needs to incorporate your financial goals. Now, if you just woke up that way and are naturally goal-oriented and know exactly how much needs to be going towards each goal, then fantastic. If not, your budgeting process needs to coincide with a goal planning process. Josh, share the KFG goal planning and achievement process. Well, you know, I think of this process as really being something that's meant to bring you and your spouse together if you're married. Because co-dreaming or co-prioritizing together is one of the most difficult things to do in a marriage quite often. In fact, a lot of times this is where much of the, the headbutting happens. A lot of the conflict in your financial life is, is centered around your values, your spouse's values not being perfectly in alignment. And there's this tug of war on where is money ultimately going to get directed towards. And um, so, so the idea is how do you get yourself on the same page? And the, the process that we encourage people to go through is to start out in separate corners, so to speak. And uh, you, on your own, write down, uh, you, maybe you, you start a list that says, my goals. And, and you just do a brain dump. All of the things on paper that you would, would want to achieve in your financial life from now until the end. All right. Uh, anything related to money at all, anything, any experience or an acquisition, something that you want to do that has some sort of dollar requirements attached to it and get them all out on paper. And while you're doing that, your spouse is doing the same thing on their own separate private list. And if, if that's starting with my goals, now we need to bring it together into our goals. So it's really just the combination of the two lists. Mm -hmm. Come up with a master list of the, the family's goals. And you'll, you'll notice, oh, you both have a lot of the same items. Um, so write them one time and you want to get every single goal represented there, whether it's retirement or college or that fun sports car or, or whatever. A any dream, any, any big thing that you've thought that you want to put money towards. And after you've got your master list together, now you each go back to your own separate corners with your own copy of that master list, our goals, and you privately begin to prioritize them. Starting with, the, the, ask yourself the question, if I could only achieve one of these goals, which one would I pick? If every other one was going to be a failure, we're, we're just not going to be able to achieve it, what's the one that I would claim victory over? And you mark number one. And then your number two uh, item would be, well, if I could just pick one more and all the rest were, were a fail. And you make your way all the way from 1 through 13, 14, 15, however many are on your list, and you put them in ranked order of what's most important to you. And you got to fight the temptation to put them in order of timeline. Yeah. Right? Oh, well, college is coming up before retirement, so we better put that one before retirement. No. If you can't achieve both goals, which one's going to win? That's the question here. And you've done that. Now you've got my goals and her goals or his goals. They've gone into our goals. Now I've got my priorities. Now we're going to bring it together into our priorities. Yeah. And this is the process of going one by one and comparing. And essentially, the, the way that I encourage people to do it is to take your number one goal and... Uh, her, you know, there's the same, same item. What score did each uh, spouse give it? And you average the scores together. You come up with what is the, the lowest ranking or the first priority that we both agree upon together. Mm -hmm. And you start reordering, having you on the same page. And what I've found over time is that so many spouses, even if 
conflict is often surrounding uh, the finances, they often are surprised to find, you know what, we're actually a lot more on the same page than what we ever realized. Yeah, that is typically the case. And I'm glad you also said, it, yeah, 10 to 13 goals somewhere in there. It's not a list of 100. You know, don't don't worry <laughs> about that. And if so, then you are a dreamer. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, and you're married to a dreamer, too. So. Really? I mean, more than one or two goals, it, it, is, it is really hard to focus on more than one or two goals. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And, and that's one of the reasons why the next step then, after you've got your list of priorities, this is where a, a certified financial planner will either help you get to this point or you know, maybe you come already having clear um, priorities on what your goals are and now they help you to get your financial resources in alignment with it. And, and there's a few different ways. I mean, one, they strategize and calculate these goals. And then, and here's sort of the secret with budgeting, once those are calculated and defined and strategized, do they fit within your three bank account system? Do they fit within your budget? How many can fit within your budget? How many can you focus on and pursue at the same time? And likely, I don't know, two or three at the same time, while you're also living the lifestyle that you're accustomed to and that you desire, which is also a financial goal. Mm -hmm. So then it's kind of prioritizing out which of them can get some attention right now. And then as those get achieved, the next ones take priority and so on. That's right. This, to me, this goal setting process is what creates all the motivation or the why behind budgeting. Right, budgeting is not meant to be some sort of straitjacket that confines you and restrict, restricts your ability to enjoy life. No, it's it's your intentional carving out of money that can go towards your most important goals, so that you know you've got some kind of firepower to go attack these goals with, while you're still living life. And that goes back to that balance uh, that you were referring to in our last segment. Yeah. So, so so that's the process. If you if you have the right Yes, it's easy to say no to the wrong things. Mm-hmm. If you don't really have any yeses, you'll probably end up saying yes to the Starbucks coffee or the you know these other things, and and then you'll eventually use the phrase, "Oh, that money's just sort of slipped through our fingers," or "Yeah, we could probably live tighter," or "Yeah, we're probably off track," or "I wish I would have started this years ago." If you don't have the compelling yes. It's hard to say no to the wrong things. And so yep. this budgeting process, that's the secret. That's the first step. Now, once and you have that. Mike, I just have to say, because everything out there, it reminds me of the my, one of my favorite books of all time, The Old Man and the Sea. And I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't mm-hmm. read it, but there's an old man that goes out and catches this incredible fish. And on his journey back to the shore, Everything is coming to try and eat this incredible fish that he's got strapped to the side of his boat. And it never says what kind of fish it is. My suspicion is it was a black marlin, but I, 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 can't, <laughs> I can't confirm that. And Ernest Hemingway isn't around to... Uh, it wasn't a wicked tuna? No. <laughs> it could have been. We don't, we don't know for sure. But everything was coming to eat that thing. And I think about just life on the farm. Chickens? Everything <laughs> wants to eat your chickens. Yeah, that's right. And so when you think about your money, there, all of these marketing firms, these multi-billion-dollar marketing firms, are set up to separate you from your money. Nowhere is it more true than around an army base, and I, I've seen that with my own <laughs> self and my own sons. But this is the thing. Just remember, everything's trying to separate you from your money. 
Well, and there's a little bit of our own human nature built into that as well, right? We've got needs, wants, and goals that money can be directed towards. And, you know, I'm trying to teach my kids to get your needs covered first, but they have lots of wants, Mm -hmm. right? And to Kevin's point, all their friends are, you know, introducing (laughs) them to new wants and and suggesting new ways that they could spend their money. But uh, getting those goals tucked in is, is what this is all about. Work with your certified financial planner on that goal planning and achievement process as the first step in budgeting. All right, we've got more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Secret number one to great budgeting, put first things first. Live intentionally, identify and clarify what those goals are, strategize, and then have those goals, the intentional financial life and financial future you're trying to build and you're pursuing, have that fit within your three bank account system. We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode, or excuse me, stay up to date on all Wise Money content online wisemoneyshow.com. Every episode is there. You can listen to it. It's got an audio player right there. There's uh, ways to submit questions for the program, get more content, and learn a little bit more about the show. So find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. All right, guys. So we talked about the the first step in budgeting is making sure that you've got the right goals. And, and the big idea is just this nightmare of mine that there are people walking around on the earth and thinking, I'm budgeting. I've got this monthly budget. I'm doing it great. Everything's working the way it's supposed to. And they show up 20, 30 years down the road and they haven't gotten any closer to their financial goals Mm -hmm. because their budget has helped them take every dollar they earn and put it in a spending category. And they've never overspent on groceries, but they also haven't saved the right amount towards their long-term goals. There's no margin in their life. And I'll tell you, that's just that, that same fear is the folks that, um, see taxes to be completed as just a simple requirement, turbo tax it and get it done, but never strategize to pay the least amount of tax over their lifetime. The same people that show up to sign up for their 401k and let it auto enroll so that they're saving the wrong amount into the wrong fund. These are my concerns. The name your price tool. People that go to their insurance, just get what they need to legally you know, drive, but don't have the right coverage that fits with their financial life. You can apply it in all sorts of situations. So... All right. Once you've not taken that approach, once you've taken the right approach, defined your financial goals, strategized and quantified them. Now you got to fit them into your financial plan and your 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 budget. A just a singular monthly budget isn't enough. It's a three bank account system. Josh, start unpacking what the three bank account system is. Well, let, let me add one more thing to what you were saying first. And t- to me, before you even begin the budgeting process, we already talked in earlier segments about the process of setting goals. Now, a very specific goal that I want you to have before you begin building your budget is defining how much margin am I shooting for here? How much of my uh, monthly income am I going to devote to what we refer to as goal achievement dollars? This is, this is that margin in your life that can go towards long-term goals, and you're not going to be spending it on lifestyle in the short term. And I, I encourage people to set as a target. If you, don't, if you don't know how much to be living off of, set a goal to create an 85% spending plan. In other words, 85% of your income, your take-home income, goes towards living life and doing all the things you want to do. 15% is devoted towards the goals that are most important to you. 
that, that you came up with in that, that prior exercise. So to, to your point, Mike, a lot of people go through life just budgeting on everything that comes home. Mm-hmm. And they never really have any kind of, of strength or resources to put towards the, the priorities that they've said are, are most important to them. Uh, like getting out of debt or building up college savings, uh, maybe upgrading their house at some point, uh, saving for retirement, that, that sort of thing. And by the way, if I can just, if I can just uh, geek out, Stephen Covey geek out again, that's the, that's the first habit, being proactive. It's thinking ahead about those upcoming transitions so you're, you're not caught flat-footed. So much of financial success is about preparing for upcoming future transitions. So getting proactive. Yep. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. Now, 85% might not be the right amount for you to be spending. But it's a start. It's a start. Yeah. And you may tweak it and change it. There are some big income clients that I've worked with that they're actually shooting for more of a 60% spending plan. Because if they were spending all, all the dollars that are pouring in during these good years, they would be probably overspending, setting their lifestyle too high. So have a goal for how much margin. We're not going to go beyond this point on our spending. But from there, then you start building, first and foremost, your monthly spending plan. And we have a three bank account system that supports this. So the first bucket or first bank account that you would use is your immediate spending account. This is covering those monthly expenses that are going to be there like clockwork every single month without fail. Things like the mortgage or your rent payment, any car loan payments that you're making, insurance, food on the table, gas in the car, all of that. Okay, The things that you're going to spend money on every month, all 12 months of the year. And a lot of people, this is a pretty quick exercise. In fact, you might be able to rattle off all your monthly expenses just from memory. You might even be able to uh, you know, get pretty close on the dollar amount because it's just repetitive. It's, it's pretty consistent. The harder one is when you go to the next step and you think about all of those expenses that don't happen every single month, but they do happen periodically. Maybe they come around every quarter. Um, maybe you've got an insurance premium that's due or maybe a prescription that you buy three months at a time, that sort of thing. Uh, maybe there are things that come around just sporadically and it's not even really noble when it's going to happen, like a car repair or uh, a doctor's bill or, or something like that, a vacation you don't do every single month. Those are the non-monthly expenses, or we refer to them as delayed expenses, and they would go into the second bucket, the second bank account, which you need to have that is separate and distinct from your immediate spending account. We call it the delayed spending account. This is where you're intentionally setting aside a bite-sized portion of that big chunk type of an expense, and you're, you're building up resources so that when that big expense shows up on your doorstep and it's time to pay for it, it's not creating a crisis for you. That's right. That's right. So uh, the, the analogy that I typically use with, the, with this three bank account system is driving your car down the road. Okay. Your monthly spending is, you know, just your ongoing, like the road right in front of you that you can see. It's going to happen like clockwork and it's right on top of you. So you, like Josh said, typically you can define this pretty easy. It's the mortgage. It's how much are you spending uh, typically at, uh, you know, at the grocery store, going out to eat, those sorts of things. That delayed, that delayed spending is looking out way out on the horizon. So lifting your eyes up beyond the road right in front of you and as far out as you can see. What expenses are you anticipating that aren't going to happen right away? They don't happen every single month, but they're out there on the horizon. And you know you're going to spend this money. And setting aside money to 
prepare for those so that when they do come up, you it doesn't destroy your budget, doesn't wreck your budget. You're prepared. You save money in advance. And then, what what is it? The emergency. I, last time I shared this, talked about deer all around us. The things that you can't see that could come out of left field. The deer that's about to run across the road. The raccoon, the armadillo that's about to cross the road. Those <laughs> things that are unforeseen, you've got to prepare for those as well. The tricky thing is, the better you get at this, this is a discipline. The, it's, a, it's a skill. The better you get at this, the better your vision gets at seeing out there in the future. Tires. Replacing the tires on your vehicle. Is that mm-hmm. an emergency or is that something you should have prepared for? Yeah. I would argue it's something should you should have prepared, prepared for. for. Right. Yeah. Now, but it always seems to pop up and it's like, oh my goodness, this, I was not planning Good on this. Good pun there. Popping tires. There you like go. That. Uh, Dude, <laughs> Mike's already deflated, so let's not. <laughs> but, no, no. I, I, but when you think about that with a car, it, and I've told my kids this if you own a car, it's 100 bucks a month. Put a hundred bucks a month aside because you're because you say, oh well, I don't have a hundred dollar expense this month. Hey, guess what? I didn't have one next month. I didn't have one next month. But guess what? In month ten, you had something that cost you a thousand bucks. So I would prepare because that's not even the new car replacement fund. That's the keeping my car on the road fund. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, Car replacement is one of those granddaddy of them all type of an expenses because you not only don't do that every single month, you don't even do that every single year, most people. But your car, we always say your car is dying a slow, painful death one mile at a time, right? Mm-hmm. It's wearing out. It's, it's not going to last forever, even if it does last for 200,000 miles. It, it's not going to go forever. And so the, the point is, how do you get better at looking further out on the horizon and anticipating these things? This is part of the reason why this is a learned skill as, as time goes on, too. You're going to run into some kind of an expense somewhere that you didn't have a plan for. Mm-hmm. And you need to add that, assimilate that into your budgeting process and say, OK, that one's not going to catch me next time. Yeah. I'm going to be ready for it. And so the point of bucket number two is you're turning these lump sum big expenses into a bite-sized portion and you're intentionally setting aside a monthly equivalent and letting it build up. Because we already said bucket number one, the immediate spending, you've got that one down. Most people don't struggle with their monthly expenses. So let's turn those haphazard, sporadic expenses into a monthly known amount that you begin to to set aside. Uh, a couple, couple tips, but before that, it typically isn't these monthly expenses that people struggle with. It's these lumpy expenses that all of a sudden come up and they used to be, they were important but not urgent. And all of a sudden they became urgent. And so you needed to throw some resources at them. And that crowded out your ability to do some of the other normal monthly things. And mm-hmm. then what happens? You reach for credit cards. We are about to surpass. $1 trillion in total credit card debt, first time ever. The amount of growth in credit card open, you know, credit cards being opened and the balance increases, we haven't seen increases like this in 13 years, 14 years. We are seeing a boom, an explosion of credit cards and a three bank account system, specifically that delayed spending, is the credit card prevention program. That's that's how it works. Now, couple tips with this delayed spending. Typically, if you haven't been doing this before, you're probably going to want to start with some float money, getting a little bit of dollars in there. Because as you start, as you look at the expenses that are delayed, that will come up once a year and you start saving a little bit every single month, is, as long as that expense shows up 12 months later, then you're fine. Mm-hmm. But if it shows up four months after you get started, then you're going to all of a sudden- You're behind get, schedule, yeah. right? Got to so, get caught up. So that's the first one. You might want to start with some float. And then second is 
automate your savings. Make that decision once. Set that set that up so you've quantified how much needs to be saved in bucket number two, and then set that up automatically so it gets transferred into that savings account each and every month automatically. You know, I want to go back to the the fifteen percent that we said was going to be goal achievement dollars, and you know, you may have as one of your earliest goals to build up an emergency fund, and so maybe all fifteen percent is going towards bucket number three. But if you can get that built up to three to six months worth of your living expenses, and by living expenses, I mean the the spending or the amounts going into bucket number one and number two. So it's that 85% number that we were talking about. Once you've got that built up and accumulated, you now can redirect that cash towards the rest of your list. Yeah. You know, Maybe you start attacking some of that credit card debt and you accelerate your, your payment plan there. Maybe you save up for the next car purchase instead of borrowing to, it, to achieve it. Maybe you're getting a down payment for the house built. These, this is the fun stuff, right? This is the thing that, that really gets you excited in your financial life. And so do what you can to budget well with the 85% so you can preserve, preserve and protect that 15% for the, the future that you're trying to build for yourself. And once you have that stable operating system for your cash flow, that three bank account system, that is, Josh said, that's where you're able to start directing dollars for those long-term goals, the things out there on that road that are beyond seven miles that you can't see. And that's, that's the fun stuff. Work with your CFP, set the right goals, strategize, fit them into that three bank account system and get after it. All right. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Okay, bonus content. Uh, when we were talking about what to name the show, praying about it, it truly was, I don't want to be over-spiritual, but it seemed like a divine moment where the Lord just revealed Wise Money. And Kevin drew... An owl on the whiteboard with yeah. two mounds, and an because... owl with a beak and a smile. <laughs> That's haven't you ever seen an owl with a beak and a smile? Just Come picture on. the quintessential alien picture, and that's yeah, what the that's owl is. No, no, have you ever? Well, okay, well. <laughs> I'm no defending your I've artwork. Actually, I'm sorry. I've actually seen an owl, so you guys yeah. just don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he smiles at me. Yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.